There's mine, found it. Uh, look, we gather together today just to uh, have our Christmas service, to reflect upon this Christmas season and reflect again upon the, uh, the great truths even that we just sung about then. Uh, Noel, come and look at what God has done. And I was thinking about Christmas today and I was thinking about people's lives and you know, something a lot of people actually do in life is have a bucket list, don't they? You'll often hear that, a lot of someone's put a bucket list together for their life, the things they want to achieve, things that they are planning and dreaming of, all the things they want to see and experience around the world. Uh, they want to go here, they want to go there, they want to see that, they want to do this, and they want to see this. It all becomes part of a bucket list of must-dos, and people sort of begin to formulate that. Even sometimes around the Christmas season, they might be having a few days off, and they're just starting to plan and dream about the bucket list, about something I can actually uh, see and do uh, around this incredible world. Now, often the bucket list will include uh, some of the wonders of this world as well. Uh, people want to go and experience uh, the wonders of this world that will blow them away with the spectacular, something they will go and see and uh, travel to and just uh, visualise this thing in the real and uh, it'll just be spectacular and, as it were, the wow factor kicks in and just blows them away. And I was thinking about these wonders and uh, I looked up some of them and uh, you're probably thinking the seven wonders of the world. Well, there is the seven wonders of the world, but there's an eight wonders of the world. There's a ten wonders of the world. There's actually all sorts of lists of wonders of the world now, particularly if you go to Google, you can find that. But I did find some wonders of the world that possibly could be on somebody's bucket list. Um, so look, let's have a look at some of those. If you want to throw some of those up now, uh, the Northern Lights is the first one. You can sort of, that's a real picture actually, that's not a uh, Photoshop picture, that's uh, the colour that's actually in these northern skies around Alaska at certain times of the year. Uh, pretty spectacular. The harbour of Rio de Janeiro, probably saw a lot of that the last couple of years with Olympic Games, so that's actually one of the wonders of the world as well. Uh, Victoria Falls, some of you are thinking, what is Victoria Falls, where is that? Uh, that's a, a resort sort of building on the left hand side there. Uh, that's a massive falls in Africa. That's um, pretty wow, I reckon. Pretty spectacular for that. Uh, another one, Great Barrier Reef. Homegrown, Aussie. There we are. Probably not the best picture of it. That's, um, that's a picture we've got of Great Barrier Reef. Uh, another one is um, Grand Canyon. That's pretty spectacular. I've been fortunate enough to be there with my two brothers about 14 or 15 years ago, I think it was. Uh, that's just a big open chasm. That's, uh, that's got a wow factor with it as well. Uh, Mount Everest, that's another wonder of the world. That some people have their bucket list. It's probably not on my bucket list to climb the top of Mount Everest, but maybe for some people it is. Uh, that's, that's one of the wonders that appears on some people's list. I've got to go to Mount Everest. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Perry Curtin, Mexican volcano. Now, you some of you think, I've never heard of that before. Um, that was a flat cornfield... Uh, about a hundred odd years ago and this volcano just erupted up out of the ground and just buried villages all around about it. It's now actually one of the wonders of the world. It just Out of flat plains, this volcano just rose up out of the ground. So it's become uh, one of the wonders of the world. And uh, the last one there I've got a picture of is Niagara Falls. Some of you would have seen that. Some of you may have even been there and I've been fortunate enough to be there as well to go and visit that with my wife and cousin about 22 years ago I was across in there. Thanks, Rob, you can turn those on. You can leave that last photo up if you want uh, to, Kath. Uh, there's some pretty spectacular natural wonders there that people will potentially have 
on a bucket list. And as I said, I've been fortunate enough to visit three of those, and no, they're not part of my bucket list, uh, much to the disgust of my wife. We should have a bucket list, she's probably saying. Um, and you, you've probably been to the Great Barrier Reef possibly as well. And, um, you know, some of you could have been to some of those other ones. But I think one thing is for sure is when you see those wonders, they do simply take your breath away. They simply take your breath away. And they actually make you feel very small as you see the enormity and the sort of the wow factor about those things. I know um, all those years ago with, uh, with my wife, Laurel, and my cousin, we were driving to Niagara Falls. And we're probably about one and a half k's away. And we could see this huge mist billowing in the air. And we're thinking, what is that? You can see it from a long way off. You can see this mist sort of billowing. It's just like a cloud that keeps sort of billowing up and flowing around. And you're thinking, what is that? I mean, you've got an idea because that's where you're heading is Niagara Falls. But you still start to think, what is this? Uh, what it is, it's, it's three million litres of water spilling over Niagara Falls every second. That's, a, that's the, the, more than an Olympic swimming pool every second falling over these falls. It's a massive amount of water. And, of course, it crashes on the, on the water below into the Niagara River and up billows all this mist and uh, sort of just um, coolness as you're there. And it's, it's a wonder. It really does take your breath away. And there's part of Niagara Falls you can walk to it and nearly touch the water. They, they take this thing right to the edge. Now, you wouldn't want to go in and the water right there because you will go very quickly to the bottom and probably not come up. But it's a wonder. It takes your breath away. It really does. It, there's a spectacular look there when you see these natural wonders. Unfortunately, though, sometimes we leave the thought of wonder at Niagara Falls and we don't think about the wonder and the amazement of how the falls came to be. We can go there and just be wowed, wondered, amazed by the falls, but we sort of leave the wonder there and then don't think about the wonder of actually how did these falls come to be? How did they actually get to be where they are? The Bible tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Everything started with God. Everything started with God. That means that Niagara Falls was created by God. God created that river, God created those rocks and that formation and uh, hence today Niagara Falls is the work of God's handiwork. And we've got to see here that God is the wonder that stands above all other wonders. All other wonders are meant to be pointers that point us to the wonder-filled creator God who's created all things, as it tells us in that first verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, all that we can see. 3,000 years ago, uh, there was a man called David. He was a shepherd boy. He was out in the back blocks of Israel. He was looking after the sheep. And one night, looking up into the sky evening, he actually said this in Psalm 19. He says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. David, this shepherd boy, 3,000 years ago, stared up into this vast universe looking at all these stars and planets. And he was filled with wonder and he was filled with amazement. And what did he say? The heavens declare the glory of God. See, David got the idea here that the wonder that stands above all other wonders is God. He said this vast universe, this vast wonder that I'm looking at is actually a picture of the wonder of God. Of God. But you see, also, we don't always see these wonders clearly, do we? 
even though there's lots of spectacular things around this world, there's other things that sort of block our vision or filter our vision. And these things aren't wonderful. Sometimes we look around this world and sometimes we look around our life and things we see are anything but wonder or amazement or spectacular. I think a lot of us like to go to a big city and perhaps it's Melbourne to experience the wonder of a big city and all of its sights and sounds. We always get excited, particularly kids, we go into Melbourne. But what do we find when we go to these big cities and particularly Melbourne? We are confronted with concrete bollards and barriers. It's not really a wonderful sight to see these concrete bollards and barriers placed around the city streets of Melbourne, particularly in the CBD. What are they there for? They are there to stop acts of evil. They are there to stop terrible things taking place, particularly like last year when that fellow drove through the mall and killed uh, six people. There's not much wonder in bollards and barriers. It's actually telling us something else about this world. Or we go to the airport and we head off on a holiday of wonderment. We are pumped to the max. We can't wait to get over there. Pete and Barb's just come back from Thailand the last few days. It's a great thing to get away on a holiday. But what happens when we get to the airport? We are greeted by security men sending us through metal detectors and baggage scanners. And even then, after we've been through all that, they may still pull us aside and want to give us a full body search and sort of find out if we're concealing something else. And what are they there for? They're there to stop acts of evil, acts of terror, and really bad things taking place. Again, there's not much wonder or spectacular in baggage scanners and securities. We're thankful for them, but there's something letting us know here. There's not a wow factor in that. Sometimes it's a real painful factor because you've got a big long queue to get through uh, the airport security. Sometimes also we lose sight of this wonder in the world in our own communities with a continuing rise in crime and rampant drug abuse. I was just reading in the Herald Sun this week, I think uh, the Victorian prison populations are at record levels at the current time. They're building more beds and extending more prisons. Crime is rising. That's not a wow factor or a spectacular thing or an amazing thing in the sense of it really blows me away in, in the wonderment. But it's a picture here, there's something wrong in this world. We also even lose sight of the wonder in our own families when tension, anger and bitterness and violence can even break out. There's no wonder when there's tension in a family. There's no amazement or there's no spectacular when there's tension and bitterness in a family. And we've also seen the crime statistics of domestic violence uh, nearly out of control in Australia now. Uh, So many women are being beaten in domestic violence. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. Even on Christmas Day which should be the happiest day of the calendar, the most joyful day of the calendar, even there we can lose the wonder. Even there we can lose the amazement or the spectacular. Sometimes you might get a gift and you receive it and you look across the room at somebody else's gift and think, I wish I had that gift because we're jealous about what they just got. Sometimes that wonderment goes even on Christmas Day. There's no wow, there's no spectacular. It's letting us know there's something wrong here in this world. There's something here that's blocking this wonder. So as we think about this, what have we got? We have got a world filled with wonders that has been made by a wonder-filled God. We've got a world filled with those things. But also at the same time, as we have these wonder-filled things we see around about this world, we have got lives that are marked and scarred by the brokenness of humanity. We've got these two things in the world at the same time. Sort of brokenness and wonderment. And we ask ourselves, if God is our creator, is this how he created us? Did the wonder-filled God 
create us as broken human beings? Is he responsible for all this? Something seems wrong when we look at this tension or this mix in the world around about us. And even more so sometimes on Christmas Day when it's evident like that. We ask ourselves when we look at this world filled with all of its evil and its carnage that we see in civil wars and terrorism around our globe and violent acts taking place daily, we ask ourselves, has God done all that if he's the creator of all things? Has he created these wonders like Niagara Falls and Perikutan Volcano? And has he also created this evil and this violence and this bitterness and this anger and this jealousy we see at the same time? Has God done all that? No. No. God hasn't created the brokenness we see in the world around about us. God's not responsible for that. Humanity is responsible for all the evil we see today. Humanity has said, God, it's my life. And I'll live how I please. I'll do as I like. You see, God does create the wonder and we create the brokenness. God really does create the wonder and we really do create the brokenness that we experience in this world. So what does God do about this evil then? He's created this world. What does he do about the evil that we see in all levels of the community? right up from the, the highest in, war, in, in wars within countries, right down to uh, family violence. Has God walked away and wiped his hands of the whole thing and just saw this as a failed experiment? Well, if that didn't work, I just, you know, I'm not sure, maybe I'll go to plan B. Has God done that? The answer again is no. God hasn't walked away and wiped his hands and said, oh, it's a, it's a failed experiment, I'll try again on another planet. That's not what God has done. God hasn't walked away from this broken and scarred world filled with pain. Quite the contrary. Instead of walking away and leaving us to our own devices and destructive ways, this wonder-filled God reaches down with grace and mercy and love to restore, to reconcile and make new a broken and hurting humanity. God now looks upon his creation with tenderness and compassion to the max. And what we see about God when he looks down with tenderness and compassion upon this broken humanity is we see a plan that is put in place that is with breathtaking wonder when we begin to grasp what God has done to restore us and to make us well. God comes. God comes. He rescues and he saves a broken, hurting and frustrated Humanity from all the pain and suffering and futility of our rejection of God, our Creator. It's a wonder. This wonder of God, though, gets more wonderful as we begin to see His plan of rescue to restore and make well and make whole this broken community. God could have sent an angel to carry out His purposes and plans of rescue. God could have done that. God can do anything. But God doesn't do that. God doesn't send an angel down to carry out his plans of rescue, his plans of restoration for the community that we live in. God, the wonderful creator, personally comes down to rescue humanity. God, the personal God, comes down to uh, rescue and restore and make well all humanity that is broken. It's a really hard picture for us to get sometimes, God coming down. He's a really small, faint picture of what that might be. Just say there's a bunch of uh, soldiers that are trapped in Afghanistan. They're holed out and they're absolutely surrounded by um, enemy fire from all around. 
And the United States uh, puts together a rescue mission. We need to rescue these guys and we need to get them out. And the president says, I'll go. I'll go. I'll actually go and rescue those six guys and I'll get them out. It's like God personally comes down. And in a faint way, it's like the president said, you know, the most powerful person in the world says, I'll go, I'll make that rescue. And it's a credible picture here of the wonder of God. He says, I will personally come and I will rescue and I will save. And this is where the wonder of Christmas begins to take its shape as we grasp this and see this. Christmas really is the wonder of God coming down to live with humanity. Here's how the Apostle John saw this 2,000 years ago. He says this in uh, in the book that he wrote in uh, the New Testament. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John there is talking about a person, a real living person, a person here who is God, because it says there, the word was God. John then goes on to say this a few verses later in verse 14 of that same chapter. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's a really massive thing here that John, an eyewitness of Jesus Christ, is saying. He's saying this, the eternal God, the eternal creator, the one who's created all that we can see, the one who is God, has become one of us. He's become one of us. God has become a human being. He's become flesh and blood. The word became flesh. It's a picture here of the truth that God came down and became one of us. But the wonder climbs higher. The wonder goes higher. God as the supreme being didn't come down with all the fanfare and grandeur of a president or royalty. God didn't arrive with a presidential motorcade with the Secret Service all going out and casing the whole place out and making sure everything was secure before God came down. God didn't come down as royalty with the red carpet all rolled out and the paparazzi everywhere taking a million photographs to capture every single angle and potential possibility of getting a shot of God. God didn't come down with that fanfare or that sort of presidential uh, royalty at all. God came as a tiny, newborn, vulnerable baby. God was born into a peasant family in Israel of no significance. It's a real picture here of the humility that God came to identify with us in all of our brokenness. He chose a very insignificant family, an insignificant husband and wife, and came supernaturally through the Virgin Mary And he came to save and to rescue us. Here's how Luke records this event for us too, 2,000 years ago. Luke says this. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Here's Luke, an eyewitness account here of seeing um, the baby firsthand as he spoke to other people. What a wonder. What an incredible wonder. God has come down as a baby to dwell amongst us. This baby is none other than Jesus Christ. But the wonder goes further. The wonder doesn't just stop there. The wonder of Jesus Christ as God in human form ends by death on a cross. God dies. To make this salvation and rescue from brokenness and pain possible, Jesus dies to pay the price of our rejection of God. That is a wonder. That is an absolute wonder. We've already sung some of those lines here, and particularly one on the Hark the Herald Angel. Is it got that line, born that man no more may die? This is the death that Jesus Christ, who is God, takes on our behalf so that we no longer have to die an eternal death. That is a wonder. But the wonder shines brighter still. This wonder grows and grows and grows. Jesus, who died in our place, didn't remain dead. Three days later, he rises from the grave to give us new life. This is the wonder of Christmas. As you can see, the truth of Christmas plays a vital part in God's great story of rescue and restoration for a broken humanity. It's a vital link in the grand story of God and his creation of this world and the rescue from its rebellion and its brokenness. You see, the wonder of Christmas, the wonder of Christmas is really and truly the wonder of Jesus Christ. God becoming a man and coming down amongst us. It's the wonder of God's grace, truth and mercy and love all wrapped up in a tiny, tiny baby who would ultimately end his life on a cross to pay the price of our rejection and then rise again to give us new life. It's a wonder. The wonder of Christmas is centred in and around and perfectly on Jesus Christ as God's gift to us. There's a big trouble over here. In this world, we rarely hear this truth. We rarely hear this truth about Christmas. In the nativity scene, you may see in some people's yards or occasionally it's actually becoming less and less of a picture in this world. The message of the baby born in Bethlehem is drowned out today by online sales and Boxing Day sales and everything else this world will throw at us. We don't hear this truth. It's drowned out by everything else. We miss the whole fact here and the whole point of Christmas that Jesus is an incredible gift. Jesus is a great gift of joy. 
Jesus is a gift of peace and reconciliation with God. Jesus is a gift of restoration and newness of life that only God can give us. So as I think about that today, I want you to ask this question to yourself. What's going to bring you wonder this Christmas? What is going to bring you wonderment and spectacular thoughts or the wow of Christmas? What will it be? Will it be that new iPad? Will it be that new iPhone? Will it be those pair of Nike shoes that you've always wanted? Or those new clothes? Will it be the wonder that new food processors are now I can go to my kitchen rules? Will it be that new laptop computer that can make me really game hard and fast in all hours of the night? What will be the wonder this Christmas? Will it be the bucket list? Yep, I might finally get to go to Niagara Falls. What's going to bring you wonder this Christmas as you think about what we've heard today? Will the wonder of Christmas be where all other wonders are meant to point to? The wonder of Jesus Christ and his incredible gift to us in coming to rescue us and to save us and to restore us. What will your wonder be this Christmas? Let me pray. Father, we uh, give you thanks and we give you praise today for this wonderful gift that you have given to us in your Son. Lord, today I pray that you will open up our eyes, the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our understanding to grasp this wonder. Lord, there are so many things in this world that are blocking our vision of this wonder and filling our lives with all sorts of other things. Please let the wonder of Christ break through in brightness and radiance to light up our hearts and our lives, to see the wonder of what you have done for us, to restore us and to rescue us from our brokenness. God, we thank you for this priceless gift you've given to us and we ask now that you would reveal that into our hearts. And we ask that in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. We're going to have a couple.